Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Wiggins turns, jump up, yes, and one. Wiggins ends up on his back. He'll get up, head to the line, and a chance for three. Curry, right corner three. It's good. Their first triple of the second half, and the Warriors now lead by 14. L.A. still leading the series 3-2 as we head south to Los Angeles for a sixth game on Friday night. If we can get out to a good start, I think we'll be in great shape and give ourselves a chance to come out with a win on the road. Mark Kestesur with all those calls on ESPN Radio. That's how it sounded last night right here on ESPN Radio. This is Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Michael Rothstein. The Warriors stayed alive thanks to a lot of effort from Draymond Green who set the tone in the Warriors' 121-106 win over the Lakers. To help us break down the NBA postseason, we welcome in Ryan Hollins, former NBA player and current Houston Rockets television analyst. And Ryan as I mentioned, 20 points last night from Draymond Green. How much of, not necessarily the points, but the effort you saw out of Draymond do the Warriors need in Game 6 to force a Game 7? Draymond being, Draymond is the heartbeat of this team. And even with the Warriors' front line seeming to be too small or not athletic enough or, 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 or struggling, it's a chess match. And when you beat Draymond, you got to beat him four times in a row. you got to see him every single night. So um, he's one of the more seasoned players, and I don't think unless you've seen Draymond uh, in a playoff-like atmosphere or experience, you won't really understand what he does. But make no mistake, uh, he's showing his value now. And what he does, uh, it, it, it will truly be appreciated, obviously, hopefully, during the playoffs and in these, in these moments. Ryan, you've played, obviously, in the NBA for a while. We're seeing this particular round of the playoffs, a lot of teams having to come back from 3-1 deficits. How, I guess, put me in the mind of a player. How do you approach a 3-1 deficit versus something that's 2-2 going into kind of this last stretch? Because we saw so many teams stave off elimination last night the irony is it helps you out in a sense because you 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 forget everything that's not important the pressure is gone and you understand you have nothing left Uh, I remember playing with the great Kevin Garnett and KG told me it just caught me off guard he said youngin the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life one excuse me one of the hardest things is to eliminate a team out the playoffs because they play with everything they have. There's force. They hit shots. It's a different level of focus. So when you go in, you've you got to truly dictate pace, take care of the basketball, and you have to do the little things. And probably the hardest part is just meeting the opposing team's effort. And you will see out-of-body performances from guys because, hey, man, if they lose that game, there is no tomorrow. So that's the hardest part about eliminating team team out the playoffs and they mess around and get some confidence and you know I'm, I'm sure we'll get to it later but look man LA LA's in trouble 
it don't look good. It's tough. They are in trouble, man, because it's one game at a time. And you heard Steph Curry say that, but you trying to eliminate a team, man. You you just see the the, the best from them, and and that's what you're seeing from these teams on the verge of being out. Ryan Hollins, former NBA player and current Houston Rockets TV analyst, joining us on Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Gabe Nisel, along with Michael Rothstein as we fill in for the guys. You talk about not holding anything back, and certainly Jalen Brunson did not last night for the New York Knicks, another team that was able to stave off of elimination because he played all 48 minutes. That's not sustainable, though, going forward. Is it for Jalen Brunson? Ain't no tomorrow. I might have to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, right? like, like, once it, like, listen, don't, don't. Play How much all- ice does he put on that ankle, man? Jeez. He, the, these guys will find a way, man. And the, the, the focus during the uh, a deep playoff run. I remember in Boston, um, like literally every hour of the day, you're either you're resting, you're rehabbing, you're stretching, you're watching film. Everything is about the next game. He has committed his entire uh, life for these small moments. Uh, to, to the playoffs, and, and he's going to do whatever it takes to, to get back out there and play. And if you're the Miami Heat, you know what you do? Oh, you want to play in 48 minutes? Guess what? We're going to run Brunson off screens for 48 minutes. Okay, we're going we're gonna to make him have to score. We're going to make him go one-on-one for 48 minutes. And that's from the other side. A supposed is going to say, okay, that's, that's how you want to play. We're going to take advantage of that in the next game. But for, for New York, they, they don't have anything left. <laughs> Brian, I want to stick with that game for a second because I think everybody understands how good of a player or understood how good of a player Jimmy Butler is. Do you feel like he's maybe taken a a step even further this playoffs to, to where he can be? I think every time that you see those, those huge performances from Jimmy Butler, uh, you put even more respect on his name, and and I and I've been telling people this: in in any given night, he can turn into Michael Jordan. <laughs> he can become <laughs> flu game Michael. I mean, would it, however you like it. And I think that's the most dangerous thing about the Miami Heat, and we've known this in the playoffs is is where Jimmy Butler can go as a player. And I think for Jimmy, it's just a question of you know putting his body through it, the, the physicality, you know, the bumps, the bruises. He's not a guy that's ever going to come out and complain, but he's just so tough in his style of play is something that you know I think he's just got to temper and be mindful about when he goes out to attack and I mean he may have been just kind of saving it in New York saying okay when I get back to the crib you're gonna have to see me Nick so uh Jimmy Butler is just one of those matchups and, and listen this goes all the way up to LeBron has seen Jimmy Butler be Jimmy Butler KD's seen it man this guy pound for pound when he's bringing it he is up there with the best Talking with Ryan Hollins, former NBA player, current Houston Rockets TV analyst on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App. He's Michael Rothstein. I'm Gabe Neitzel as we fill in for Canty and Carlin. Speaking of teams trying to fight off elimination, the Celtics tonight down three games to two against the Sixers. What does Boston need out of Jason Tatum to force game seven? Well, first, as a team, they got to defend. But if you're Jason Tatum, he's just got to be aggressive. He's there to score the basketball. Uh, I, I think they got to get on transition, get some easy ones. And the thing about Boston, they're best playing as a team. But I, mark my words, and this may be something that Joe Mazzulla is going to have to think about and, and meditate upon. They play a team game. They play a driving kick offense. But they may have to go out and look at it and say, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, I'm putting the ball in your guys' hands. I'm going to run some basic sets for you, and I need you to get busy. 
I need you to be unguardable. And the reason we're so excited for Jason Tatum is because he can hit those tough contested shots over defenders. It's that God bless you shot. That means I played good defense. I cut you off. I read my scouting report and you still scored over me. So he's going to have to uh, channel that inner super saiyan and be ready to go, man, in the game. But he's definitely a megastar. He's definitely box office. But it may not be the time for the team game. It may be time for Jason Tatum to go ahead and be Jason Tatum. Ryan, I want to flip sides on that to the Sixers. When you look at Joel Embiid and you look at James Harden, both of them have had big games in this series already. Which guy did the Sixers need more tonight in order to kind of handle things and move on? James Harden. <laughs> make no mistake, this is all about James Harden. Um, you, James Harden can make Joel Embiid's job very easy, and he has. And I love the respect that's being put on James Harden's name now because he's still that guy. He can still go out and score it. He can still get you, you know, 20 assists if needed. He can get you a, a mega triple-double. But I think for James, he's got to remain aggressive, and he's got to control pace. I thought in the last game he did a good job of controlling pace, making sure they got shots when they wanted to, putting Embiid in the spots where you wanted him to be, making his job easy. So if he's aggressive, he manages this game. Man, this, this, this is a tough cover, and obviously, going against a fine defender and Malcolm Brogdon who was chasing him around harassing him and James just used his head man James is one of the more cerebral basketball players that I don't think he gets credit for what he can do on the offensive end people just see the scoring and say man he's just taking these tough contested shots no James Harden is thinking the game and I think as long as he remains aggressive uh man Philadelphia is emerging of one of the league's top teams and I don't think anybody saw what they're doing to Celtics not for the lack of talent but necessarily more so for the question of those guys just going out and gelling and, and playing together and that's what's scary is I think the Sixers are still getting better Ryan, we certainly appreciate the time. Hope you enjoy the rest of the conference semifinal round. It's one of my favorite rounds because you're getting great basketball doubleheaders each and every night. Man, this is the purest form of basketball that we're seeing right here. You guys are on fire. Keep up the good work on the show, man. I'll be tuning in, guys. That's Thanks, Ryan, Ryan Hollins, former NBA player and current Houston Rockets TV analyst, joining us here on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. He's Michael Rothstein. I'm Gabe Nutschel. As we fill in for the guys, we began talking with Ryan about the Lakers and Warriors, and, and really specifically more about the Warriors. But the Lakers seemingly right now, Michael, have a little bit of pressure on them because man, you lose game six and suddenly game seven, you, you, you start to maybe feel that pressure of being of blowing that three games to one lead that they had. However, they may have some good news coming their way after Anthony Davis last night, unable to finish the game. It's about halfway through the fourth quarter, left after getting um, hit in the head by uh, Warriors' Kevon Looney. Did not return to last night's game, but Dave McMenamin earlier today on NBA Today, McMenamin, ESPN Lakers reporter, had this to say about Davis. I spoke to a source close to Davis this morning who told me that he believes there's not any scenario that he can envision where Anthony Davis does not play in game six. The source added, quote, it's the playoffs. So certainly uh, Davis will continue to be monitored by the Lakers. The team has off today. They're not practicing. They're not gathering for film or anything of the sort. Let everybody rest their bodies up for this pivotal game six. But things are trending in the direction that we're going to see Anthony Davis back in the lineup on a Friday night. So there's, that's certainly good news, Michael, for the Lakers. But how much pressure is on the Lakers to be able to close this thing out in six and prevent a game seven? 
I mean, obviously, if you're the Lakers, you want to close this out in six for a multitude of reasons. You're an older team, so this would give you potentially more rest. Also, the Warriors have been bad on the road this entire season. They have been fantastic at home. You don't want to go into that scenario in a Game 7. In Golden State, you, you want no part of that, frankly, Gabe. And, and the last part of it, too, is the Warriors are the defending champions. So if you're going into it in a Game 7 situation on their home court, that is very difficult for you. Now, of course, the Lakers have a guy in LeBron James who can clearly handle that scenario. It's not going to be a moment that's too big for him like it might be for other teams. But if you are the Lakers, it behooves you on so many levels to take care of things in it's crypto.com arena now, right? Like it's yes, that's correct. Yeah, yes. crypto.com arena versus having to go back up to Northern California for Game 7 because you don't want to be in a one-and-done situation with them. To me, I think the Lakers, as long as Anthony Davis plays and is healthy, do take care of business in Game 6 for what it's worth, Gabe, because I'm not going to count out LeBron James in this scenario, not with the ancillary piece players that he has around him playing as they have had in these past two playoff series. I understand what you're saying about LeBron in terms of if this thing goes Game 7. Yeah, he can certainly handle a Game 7. He's handled, I mean, some of, in elimination games, he has put together some of his greatest playoff performances. I think of when he was with the Heat and put up 45 points at a Game 6 on the road against the Celtics, which was an elimination game in a series the Heat eventually went on to win. But I don't know if I trust anybody else on this Lakers team. If you're in a Game 7... Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, Anthony Davis, yeah, Davis was a big part of that championship they won, but that was in the bubble. It's not like he had to go on the road and earn those victories when they were in the bubble winning that championship. I don't know if I can trust anybody else other than LeBron James in a Game 7 situation, which to me means this almost feels like a must-win situation. I, I don't know if I want to go quite all the way there to call it a must-win for the Lakers, but man... This you just start to th- see things get tighter and tighter and tighter. If this thing is close, the later we get in Game Six, with some of those guys maybe starting to wonder, maybe starting to feel the pressure of, oh man, we cannot blow this lead that we built for ourselves. Well, that probably happens more if they lose Game Six, game. Right? I don't that that to me wouldn't come into play at all in Game Six at any point. That's a if you lose Game Six and you have to go back to Northern California. That's when that might creep in for some of the younger players, some of the more inexperienced guys who have not been in these types of positions before. I I can't imagine that that creeps in now because you still have a 3-2 lead. You are going home. You have a guy who is a top three player in NBA history, and three might be the low part of that bar on your team. You're probably not worrying about blowing that series. You will start worrying about that if you do lose game six, Gabe. I, I don't see that happening before that conversation because of who you have on your team with you. This is not a team that's unproven like the Kings or the Nuggets who have played fairly who have played well in this playoffs. Like you have a guy who's been there before and won title after title after title. Yeah, it's it's just one guy. I mean one guy is proven. Anthony Davis is fairly proven After that, it gets pretty sketchy for the rest of this Lakers roster. However, here's LeBron James, Lakers forward after the game last night, talking about the Lakers' approach as they head back to Los Angeles. We have another opportunity. Um, Obviously, they played exceptionally well here tonight. and um, We had some some good moments, but not as close to 48 minutes as we needed to be. But uh, we had another opportunity on Friday, and we look forward to to the matchup again. 
it's it, it's interesting with the Lakers uh, as they again try to eliminate the Warriors in Game Six coming up. But in, as one of the interesting things in that quote we heard from from Dave McMenamin earlier about Anthony Davis and how he's going to play. What also caught my ear was the fact that the Lakers are just completely off today. They're not convening. They're not watching film. They're just kind of taking today to rest up all of their respective bodies. And I wonder if that's a mistake, not even getting together for at least a little bit during the postseason, just giving everybody a day away. I understand you need time for your bodies to heal. But when you juxtapose that with what Ryan Hollins had just said earlier in the segment, our guest, Michael, about, oh, it's the postseason. Every minute of every day you're thinking about something Man, I, I would think getting together today would not be a bad idea, even if it, you know, even if you didn't even get on the floor. No, see, I have no problem with Darwin Hemp's doing here because you're also wanting to treat it maybe as normal as possible for your younger players. You don't want them to think too much. You don't want to get in a situation where maybe they start asking questions and then LeBron has to have a conversation with them to where maybe that that starts to spiral out a little bit. I, I like this decision not to do anything today because you have an older team among your stars and a guy in Anthony Davis who is, you know, we, we don't know exactly his status yet, even though David McManaman is reporting that there's no s- scenario where he doesn't play game six. But you have one of your two main players not completely healthy. You have LeBron James, who is an older player for an NBA player. So you want him off his feet as much as possible. And then you've got a bunch of young guys. Let them go do their own thing. Let them maybe get away for a day, clear their heads, because then they can come back re-energized and refreshed to go and win Game 6. I have no problem with this decision. Sometimes I think that we get caught in a paralysis of analysis where we're like, oh, they got to be thinking about everything. Like, no human acts like that, except maybe Michael Jordan did. Like, no human <laughs> acts like that. Like, you need to have downtime. If you are focused on something every moment of every day, you are putting yourself in a position to fail because you will become overloaded. I like this decision a lot by Darvin Hemp. Yeah, but, I mean, being a first-year head coach, to me, with Ham, there's always going to be a little bit of concern because you don't know until you've gone through it. You know, you're just kind of... You're, you have a bit of a game plan that you've obviously gone through a lot of different situations as the assistant, but being the guy in charge, being the guy making all these decisions, it's always going to be interesting. And being the head coach of a LeBron-led team is always going to lead to a little bit more of a circus atmosphere than being a first-year head coach of anywhere else just because of the media attention and everything else that goes with having LeBron James on your team, which... That's not really a criticism. It's just LeBron gets a ton of media attention, and it's a lot different than if you're the you know first year coach of the Denver Nuggets, right? Like it's just it's just a different job. And I think Darvin Hannon has done a good job navigating a team that they the Lakers weren't too thrilled with at the beginning of the season, completely remade at the trade deadline, and now he's led them to this point. But again, there's always just going to be a hair concern when you have a first year head coach going through this. I get I get your concern, Gabe. I get your concern. I understand it. Here's the counter to that concern. 417. What is that? That's the amount of NBA games that Darvin Ham played in. It's not like we're talking about a guy who is mostly a coach his entire career, came up as a coach, doesn't necessarily understand like what it's like to be a player on the NBA level. He has been there 417 times in the regular season. He has won an NBA title before. Like, this is a guy who, he, he gets it. He he has been in this situation. He's been in this scenario. So I, I would imagine he has thought that through and maybe he's leaning on some of that from when he was an NBA champion in 2004 to maybe help with this decision that he has made. 
The NBA playoffs are right here on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow. Lakers host the Warriors in Game 6. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations and on Sirius XM at Channel 80. Coming up here on Canty and Carlin, last year in Game 6 against Milwaukee, Jason Tatum poured in 43 points. What does Boston need from Tatum tonight? And is Tatum a true alpha for the Celtics? We answer that question for you coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And Carlin, the podcast. The beard with eight to shoot off a high screen by Joel. He bounces to a B to B with another 15 footer. This time it's on the money. Shot clock down to five. Maxie on a drive. Pulls up on Smart. Remy good. Tyrese Maxie. 23. Brown into the lane. Brown goes up. Hippie blocked it. Maxie saves it. Joel with an incredible defensive play. The Sixers are going to win this game here in Boston. We still got to, you know, got to get one more win. That's all I'm thinking about right now. 
Big win for the 76ers. They're now in the driver's seat in their Eastern Conference semifinal series over the Celtics three games to two and all that sound courtesy of 97.5 The Fanatic. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. He's Michael Ross, Dan, I'm Gabe Neitzel. As we fill in for the guys this morning, or excuse me, this afternoon, no idea what time it is, apparently. Uh, as we are it's NFL by... schedule day, Gabe, so our time sense is completely off because that happens at 8 Eastern, and both of us are usually well off the air by then. Oh, yes. But uh, I'll be talking about it here locally, uh, talking about the Packers' schedule release as they're going to be in their first year without Aaron Rodgers. ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. But we focus right now on the NBA and that 76ers-Celtics series because uh, Harden and the 76ers are looking to clinch the series against Boston, and here is how Doc Rivers, the 76ers head coach, is really approaching tonight. This is a conversation that you can hear in full tonight, starting at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN Radio. Doc Rivers with Sean Kelly on NBA on ESPN Radio. Well, you got to do your job, you know, and I, I, I think what what happens is you get caught in what happens if we win, uh, the what-ifs, instead of doing what you've done to get where you've gotten, you know. You can't be surprised also, and I tell my guys with how hard the other teams are going to play. Like, you just can't be. Desperation is an amazing thing, right? And so you got to really play through that, through execution and focus. That's all we talked about the last two days is having great focus, playing really hard, uh, and then executing. That's Doc Rivers again. Hear that entire conversation later tonight, NBA on ESPN Radio. And with Doc talking, we were just talking about Darvin Ham. I mean, Doc can sit there and talk until he's blue in the face, but it still seems like every single series, Michael, no matter how many times you've been through it, no matter how many times members of your team have been through it, it is just really hard to match the energy and efforts at the beginning of a game of a team that is facing elimination because they're just going to come out swinging. And that's what I am expecting out of the Boston Celtics tonight. What are you expecting out of Boston? Sure. I would expect nothing less than that out of Boston. Boston is a team that has been there before. They are a team that is experienced. And they are a team that may be at the end of their current era, game. Which, to me, if guys like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown like playing with each other, for instance, they might even say, you know what, we want to keep this together. We want to keep the band together one more game. We want to keep it together one more series. We're going to come out and play even harder. So, yeah, I mean, it goes back to what Ryan Hollins had said before when he was on with us here on Canny and Carlin, which was that you're playing freer in some ways when you're playing as the team that might get eliminated because you know you only have one thing to focus on, and while it's cliche as heck, you know, there is no tomorrow is actually true here. And I would anticipate we're going to see a very hot first quarter from the Celtics and from Tatum and Brown. It would not shock me if they're up double digits after the first quarter. It doesn't mean I think they're going to win the game, but it would not shock me if they come out that hot. Well, in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Semis last year with the Celtics down to Milwaukee, Jason Tatum scored 43 points. Had a huge game, historic game on their run to the NBA Finals and winning the Eastern Conference. Are the Celtics going to need a similar effort from Tatum tonight in order to force Game 7? They'll need a similar effort from either Tatum or Brown. Don't think you can get average efforts from Tatum or Brown and win this game tonight based off of 
the fact that I would not anticipate us seeing average performances from Joel Embiid and from James Harden. You know, if those four balance each other out, right? Like if if Brown and Tatum balance out with Harden and Embiid and it all ends up being equal in kind of scoring and, and some of the other important factor statistical categories, the Celtics probably win this game more often than not because of the rest of their roster. But I would want, in an elimination game, I would want to need to see a lot more from Tatum or Brown. One of them has to go off tonight. I'm not saying which one I think it will be, but one of them has to, Gabe. And and Tatum had 36 points in their previous game, 40 minutes, but he was only 11 of 27 from the field, 3 of 11 from the distant, from distance. And maybe this is more of a criticism of him last year, and he's cleaned this up a little bit, but it's pretty obvious to tell when he is going to be engaged or not. I mean, he had some games last year in the NBA Finals in particular. Game 1, I believe he only had 11 points. Game 6 in the NBA Finals last year, the clinching game for the Warriors, I believe he only had 12 or 13 points. It's it's one of those things where early, if Tatum puts up a game like that, then it's over. Like Tatum needs to at least be solid, and then somebody else would have to go off, whether that is Jalen Brown, whether that's somebody else having an incredibly hot shooting night to help kind of carry the offense for the Celtics, but they they need to avoid that clunker game out of Jason Tatum that he had more often last playoffs than he's been more consistent. I mean, the one bad game he had was in this series. He was only one of seven, only played 19 minutes, but it was in, in a blowout victory for the Celtics, so they didn't need that. They didn't need him to be just pouring in bucket after bucket. But in the past, they've needed that. And I, I just... I'm a little concerned about Tatum and whether or not he is going to be able to perform with the 43 points he did last year against Milwaukee. And I can understand that concern, Gabe. I don't like the phrase engage, though, because that makes it sound like just because he's not scoring or he's having a bad shooting night that he's not involved in the game. Let's be very real here. If anything, Jason Tatum, we've seen sometimes he has games where he doesn't shoot a ton. We have, we've mm-hmm. seen that, although that has not really happened all that much this playoffs. There's really only one game in this series where he's taken less than 20 shots. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and there's really one game in the last 10 where he's taken less than 20 shots. So I don't love the engaged portion of that conversation, but they need. he's also a guy to me that seems to understand that if it's not going well, he's not going to force it and put up 30 or 27. Like you go back to last year's Eastern Conference Finals, he had a game where he was 3 of 14 shooting. Well, he only shot 14 times. He didn't force it. But in other games he had not, he was 9 of 12 in that series against mm-hmm. the Heat. And in the finals, you know, he was largely except for game 1 when he was 3 of 17, he was largely pretty consistent there. So uh, to me it's more a system of where Jason Tatum understands if it's not falling and is willing to defer and figure out other ways to stay involved. That's why I don't like the engaged portion of that. He He's not like some of the other players in the league where, you know, it's not falling yet, but the next one's going to. He seems to have more awareness of like, you know what, it might not be my night. I'm going to be involved other ways. Other things that have been released by the NBA. All NBA selections, whether we're talking about all NBA, all defense, MVP, all of those sorts of awards, defensive player of the year that have a lot of money tied to them because of the current collective bargaining agreement to those guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, set to cash in with those all NBA selections. Should the media have a say in players being eligible for signing some of these supermax contracts in the NBA? 
Plus, there's another player that had to miss, is going to be missing out on a big chunk of cash because he didn't make an All-NBA team. We discuss that coming up next on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series XM Channel 80. He is Michael Rothstein. I am Gabe Knight. So as we fill in for the guys this afternoon, the NBA announced their all-NBA teams yesterday. Joel Embiid. League MVP, joined on the first team by the Celtics' Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic of the Mavs, Shea Gildress-Alexander of the Thunder getting some love, and Giannis Adetokounmpo of the Bucks was the lone unanimous selection. MVP runner-up Nikola Jokic ends up on the second team along with Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Ja Morant ended up missing out on all three All-NBA teams. And the way that the CBA is currently constructed, Michael Rothstein, is... If you get voted to an all-NBA team, an all-defensive team, if you are the league MVP or defensive player of the year, you get an opportunity to make more money. And because Ja did not make any of these three teams, he does not get a contract bump where he's eligible for an extra $39 million. And... That brings up the question, because these are voted awards voted on by the media. Should the media have a say in players being eligible for signing these super max contracts? You know, I wish that we could have visuals here, like when we like we used to sometimes do simulcasts here. I wish we because I would just hold the up the how about no bear. 
because no, no. And as a member of the media, I cover the NFL for ESPN's NFL Nation. I cover the Atlanta Falcons. I cover boxing. I vote in some of those awards, but none of those awards that I vote in, to my knowledge, come with a thirty-nine million dollar stipulation. No, maybe uh, somebody gets like a Pro Bowl bonus in right. the NFL, or if they make an All Pro team, like they'll get a bump. But it's usually it's not thirty nine million dollars. Right, like, uh, most uh, yeah. I feel it's like a million dollars. I hate this. I hate this on so many levels, and I'm going to explain why. As somebody who has now been a reporter and a beat reporter for two decades now, you do not want to put yourself in a position as a beat reporter to get the perception of bias and to also put yourself in a bad position needlessly and unnecessarily of the people that you cover, right? Because these votes can sometimes become public. And then say you are the person who covers the Memphis Grizzlies and you did not vote for John Morant. Well, John Morant might get mad at you and frankly, rightly so because that you're costing him $39 million. Like, to me, that, that puts you in a needless position as a journalist, a needless position, and, it, and it's, it's bad on everybody involved. Like, the media, we know a lot. We pay a lot of attention. I know fans don't necessarily want to always believe the media know what's going on, but we do know what's going on. We talk to people around the league. We watch games, all of these things. But I don't like the situation that the NBA has where it costs, it, it makes people eligible for a whole bunch more money. We should not be involved in situations like that. That, to me, just it just screams of bad business. I, I, it's, it's a huge responsibility, but I guess I just don't know where else to put that responsibility if this is the way. If you want to incentivize players to then become eligible for these super max contracts and have more money available to them beyond... You know, because they're trying to create two different tiers because they don't want, you know, a max contract. You know, you don't want LeBron James ended up making the same amount of money as, in. I'm just throwing this name out because I knew he signed a max contract at one point, Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee right. Bucks, right? Like, Chris is a great player, he ain't LeBron, so they're trying to separate that. Or, or even if you're Middleton or a teammate of his, Giannis Adetokounmpo. But, yes, there's going to be inherent bias in the media. But if the players are responsible for this, if they try to put together their own all-NBA team the way the NFLPA put together their own all-pro team, like there's bias in that as well. I do a local radio show with a guy who went to three Pro Bowls for the Packers in the 90s. His name's Mark Chimura. And he's, he's like, yeah, a lot of those guys, when they vote for Pro Bowl, when the players vote for the Pro Bowl, are there some that take it serious? Absolutely. There's others who don't really take it serious. I, I just don't know if, if there is a really good answer to, okay, you want to be able to somehow elevate these guys that make these elite teams in the NBA? I don't know how else you do it because there's going to be bias no matter where you go. There will be, but two things. Because Mark Shimura, his point is valid. And I've seen guys, the NFL Top 100, by the way, the NFL <laughs> Network does. I, I've watched that voting happen in locker rooms. And I mean, I had, I'm not going to out the player who did it when I covered the Detroit Lions, but literally asked me and another reporter who were standing there, so who, should we, who should I vote for? I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, and, and basically, had, or he filled out all, another player filled out all of his teammates in the top 10. Uh, to me, in the NBA, it's different than the NFL because the NBA, there's real money involved. We're not talking mm -hmm. about half a million dollars, which is still very real it's, money. It's still very we're talking about millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. I think the solution here is you make play, you have players and coaches vote for it with one very easy caveat. You cannot vote for anybody on your own team. And guess what? There's amazing, amazing GPS tracking technology now that, that will allow you to realize that. 
So if you put that there, every NBA player understands the importance of the Supermax and the importance of that type of money. So they're going to take it seriously because when their time comes, especially the top end players, they're going to want to make sure they're put in good position too. I, I think that that's in the NBA maybe the best way to do it because it's different than the NFL. It's different than some of the other sports where there's not as much money and, you know, really generational wealth. We're talking about generational wealth for John Morant here, $39 million involved. I, I, I guess I just don't – I look at it the same way I look at pretty much any CBA. The ownership always tries to appeal to the masses, not the superstars. Like the guys that are eligible for the Supermax, we're talking about 15 people, right? Sure. Because usually, usually, you know – 15 to maybe 20 people, if we want to talk about all NBA and all defense and defense player of the year and different awards like that. It just doesn't, it seems like to me, Michael, that guys at the end of the bench aren't really going to care when they vote too. You know, it's, it's going to be of something very similar where they're like, eh, I don't care. I'm just going to fill out. These are the guys I think. And maybe your buddy with a guy who's on a different team somewhere else. I think there's going to be bias no matter where. There's always going to be snubs. There, no matter who does it. I mean, there are a lot of really good players in the a lot of great yeah. players in the NBA right now, but there's always going to be snubs. And unfortunately for Ja, he was the snub who missed out on thirty nine million dollars this year. Which duo remaining in the NBA playoffs do you trust the most? We discuss Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.